0: If you will, open up your Bible, or tablet, or cell phone, not to Facebook. Somebody went, great, now i got to change. But open to Titus, the third chapter. We're going to share about being a new you, or a new you. And um, we had been talking about, you know, giving attention, and I thought we would just continue on down that uh, path. But uh, in getting ready... I recognized uh, that wasn't the way to go. And so I'm going to talk about this called A New You, Titus. In the book of Titus, the third chapter. And I'm going to read here from the third verse. And then uh, I'm going to skip down to the fourth verse. So I'm just going to introduce something. Notice this here. It says, um, for we ourselves were also once. Stop there. Notice that phrase, for we ourselves were also once. He's writing to Christians. He said, you guys were once. When you hear that term, that means you are not anymore, but you once, once were. You know, we we talk like that even today. I once was one of these, or I once was this in a career. But this once, notice this. He said, I'm going to read it again, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 4. For we ourselves were also once. Verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared... So he's talking about God's kindness. Why did people get saved? Because God was mad at these people? No, it was all because of his kindness that people got saved. People who didn't deserve eternal life. Humanity didn't deserve it, but because of God's great kindness. Whether you know it or not, God is kind. Greatly kind. Now, his representatives may not always be kind. But He is kind. Verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. So, this salvation, or this changing that happened, that where we were once something, and now we're different, is not based on your works that got you there. He said, not by the works you have done, but according to His mercy." Not according to judgment, but because of his mercy, he saved us. He made us new. And how? Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly. Let me back, read that again. Whom he poured out on us abundantly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. When people get saved, whether they recognize it or not, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them abundantly, and He regenerates them through a process of washing. In other words, he moves through them and then regenerates them. And literally, to regenerate means he just removes everything and then brings new life inside of an individual. That is profound. There is such a spiritual change. That happens in the spirit of a believer. Or a person who calls on the name of the Lord. This should not be minimized. You cannot. uh, You know it can be minimized. I'm saved and we don't think anything. But in all reality. God poured out his spirit abundantly on you. When you said Jesus be my Lord. He came in. And he washed you. To the core. Where there is no Old, spiritual death left in your spirit. And eternal life came into you. Not into your mind. And he regenerated you. He brought you to life. Where Adam and Eve caused spiritual death. To possess every man, woman, boy, and girl in the earth. This is huge. When this happened, he said, we were saved. We were made whole through the washing and regenerating of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on you abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Notice verse 7, that having been justified. Notice you're not going to be justified if you're a believer. You've been justified. Well, what does justified mean? It means absolutely declared innocent. Why? Because God can look in your spirit and go, there is no spiritual death in there. And spiritual death is what separates people from God. And he can look inside of you and go, there's no spiritual death there. There is eternal life there. The Holy Spirit is in there. As a matter of fact, the Bible said we've been sealed or stamped With God's mark by His Spirit living in you. He looks at you and doesn't just look at your mind. And doesn't just look at your body. He looks at your spirit. And He knows those who belong to Him. And it says that we, having been justified by His gift or grace. Meaning justified means to be declared Like you had never done wrong before, therefore you can stand right without shame right before God. That sometimes falls on deaf ears because people have such a poor image of themselves, even though this is how God declares things about you if you've received Him. I mean, this should make people rise up to live like a giant. Live totally different. Because he said that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs. This isn't an heir of a natural inheritance. This is some kind of heavenly inheritance that every believer has fallen into, so to speak. And it says, according to the expectation of life everlasting or eternal life. Let me go back now and read that again because he said we were once something, but now we're totally, totally different. Now, I'm not saying everybody in the world is different, but I'm saying every Christian is different whether they're living it or not. They spiritually have been revolutionized by God himself. He's not condescending toward them he has done a mighty work he has a great investment in every human and then those who receive him the work goes into play now i'm going to go back and read in verse 2 and we're going to read through it it says this or i'll read verse 1 he's writing to this this minister to talk to the believers and he he's telling them to preach what we're about to read And uh, share this with them that he said, Remind them to be subject to rulers. In other words, the people who are in authority. And in this case, the people in the kingdom that are over them. He said, Be subject to to rulers and authorities, to obey, uh, to obey, to be ready for every good work. Wow, he told every Christian, Be ready. For good works. Get ready. Be ready to do good things. Every Christian. Every believer. He said be ready for good works. For we ourselves were also. Whoops. Skipped over one verse. Still would have worked. But we would have missed something important. Notice this. Ready for every good work. To speak evil of no one. He told Christians, don't talk bad about anybody. This is not a sermon like, oh, yeah, we just preached that. That was great. No, he meant don't do it. Don't talk about anybody. In what way? Evil. Speak evil of no one. To be peaceable, be gentle. How do I approach people? Am I gentle? Showing all humility to all men, to all people. Really what he's about to do is going to talk about having such a radical spiritual change in you as a new person that you may look at other people in a different light and maybe might talk about them in a wrong light. And we shouldn't. And the reason we shouldn't is because what made us so different and what is bringing about a huge change in our life is becoming new in Christ and walking it out. Are you with me? And so he's saying, listen, you are so different. You once were just like the rest of the world, but God did such a dynamic work inside of you. Don't talk evil about anybody. Don't talk evil about them because you didn't bring yourself there. God brought you there. This isn't about just you. This is about a dynamic work that happened from God. And in one sense, we should have mercy on those people too. Notice this. For we ourselves, after talking about showing humility and not speaking evil and being gentle, he said, for we ourselves also once were foolish. Notice this. Once we're foolish. Once we're disobedient. We were once deceived, serving various lusts or passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. Think about it. He said we were once hateful and hating one another. He said we were once envious. He said we were once malicious. We were once living according to wrong pleasures. We once were driven to live after wrong lusts. We were once foolish. We were once disobedient. We were once deceived and serving all kinds of wrong things. He said we were once that. All of us once were. Therefore, he said... We shouldn't speak evil of other people. We, we've received such mercy. But then he goes on to say, but when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. In other words, when we were living that way, his love and kindness appeared to us. Somebody reached out to us. Somebody told us the truth. And we became something we never maybe knew could be. And he said, therefore, you were once this. Isn't it interesting that, that this minister wrote them and said, you once were living in envy. Once were hateful. Once were hating one another. Once were following false and wrong pleasures. Once you were disobedient. Once you were acting a fool. Isn't it interesting? You know, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything about anybody. but well, there's probably somebody sitting here today who's saved and go, Ugh, I, I, I do that envy. Now, I'm not real gentle. But isn't it interesting how God talks to his people? Are you with me? Isn't it interesting how he talks to his people? There have been times over the years that God has used me uh, with gifts of the Spirit. And if you come to Sunday nights or prayer, and sometimes on Sunday morning, I'll, I'll, I'll have something from God that will be very detailed, a word from Him. And uh, recently, uh, I had known something about some people that just wasn't real good. And I went, okay, you know, you just kind of put it aside and then God gave me a word for him, and I was like, wow, it was so good. I remember this. Uh, back when I was a youth pastor, we had uh, this girl. She, had, she was leaving youth. She was 18 years old, so she was transitioning. But she, she came on this uh, Wednesday night, I think it was, and the Lord, uh, it was a Wednesday or a Friday night, gave me a word for her and I had heard stuff that had happened as a matter of fact she had had an abortion and a lot of the people were pretty like not happy in the church that knew about it she had an abortion and so I I hadn't said anything I didn't I just like okay Um, and so all of a sudden God starts moving on me and I said stand up and I didn't know what I was going to say But your head can go, oh, Lord. (laughs) And I remember uh, the Lord just called her out in front of everybody. And she just started bawling her head off. I said, you've heard you're too young. You heard you're disqualified or not qualified. And, uh, you know, I went through these three things. You're too young. You're not qualified. Uh, you know, you have no background. You're, you know, you're uneducated, meaning you don't even have these qualifications. But the Lord says "What it, that this is yours, even though they say, and I went through the three things again. So the Lord is saying, it is yours. And what was wild about the thing was this girl just on a whim, went to the police department because they had an opening for a police dispatcher, and uh, the police chief does the interviews, and you need a background working, I guess, a little bit at least, and then an education or some kind of education in a certain age. She failed on all three, and um, I didn't even know she had gone in, and the The person, I don't know if it was the police chief on the first time through, said, you don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have this. Or he did the final interview. But the people said, well, you don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have this. You're disqualified. And she left. Didn't think anything. And now she comes to church, and she's probably living under a cloud of her past. And her youth pastor now calls her out in front of everybody course you're gonna get the hammer now some people think like that and maybe I was I don't know at the time and these words came and they just got stronger and she just started crying and she told me I went to later on I went to this interview and they told me everything you said disqualified me she got a call a week later and the police chief said I want to talk to you because I'm doing the final hire I guess Uh, in this city I guess that's how it worked there and brought her in and said I don't know why I'm doing this and he went back over everything that disqualified her said you don't qualify here you're too young you don't qualify here because you have no history in doing any of these different things and you have don't have the degree you have to have and he said but I don't know how to do it but I'm going to give you the job And that was the word that came. You're going to get it. It's yours. Well, think about how God talked to her. Think about how God looked at her. Did he think that that type of thing is okay? No, but but God loves us and he's kind. He didn't have to save us. He didn't have to do good on our behalf, but he chooses to. And the way he talked here is so interesting. He said, there is such a profound spiritual change in you that even maybe for some people who are even still practicing some envy or hatred, he said, you were once that. That's not even you. That's not even you. That's not even you. But I, I, I blew up this morning. That's not even you. If you're saved, that's not the real you. That's not what the kindness of God did. He changed you profoundly inside. He said, you guys were some of this, but that is not you. You know, people argue with God all the time. They do. Oh, no, it is. He'll say, no, you're not. Yeah, that's me. No, it's not. I mean, what if we didn't argue with God? He said, you're healed. No, I'm not. Look how I feel. You are delivered. No, look. See, I'm bound. No, you are delivered. Oh, I just don't think he loves me. No. <laughs> I do. Period. No, I don't think so. No. No. People are, no, that's not me. And he, will, he has nothing else to say to you, but it is. Well, I just don't believe it. Well, the Bible said, receive the word of God with meekness, and it will change your soul. What does meekness mean? It means not arguing and fighting against it, what God says. Well, let's try another one. First Corinthians. The sixth chapter, this is another interesting one, it's written similar, and and he said this, verse 11, writing to Christians, writing to people who have given their lives to Jesus, who have been washed, who have been regenerated. Here in this chapter, he calls regeneration becoming a new creation. You are a different being when you get saved. And God looks at you different not just because He looks at you different, but because you are different. See, I can choose to look at somebody different and they may still be the same. But He looks at you different when you receive the Lord because you are different. Notice this in verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed. Remember, we we read that. Washed. But you were sanctified. Literally means set apart unto something holy. And we know here it's set apart by God to him. He said sanctified, but you were justified or declared right. It's almost the same terminology as before. How did it happen? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. When somebody said, Jesus, be my Lord, he poured out his Spirit within that person abundantly, like he said, and he washed and renewed and declared them right. Those people are not the same at all. They are profoundly different than the rest of the world. Believers are profoundly different. You can't go look at a believer by his actions and go, he's profoundly different. But if you could see like God can, and the only way you can is to look at his word, is you are totally different in your spirit. You are radically different. Isn't it interesting? If you read those verses, you know, you could do that on your own later. You'll notice some of the same terms. But how do people get saved when they call on the name of the Lord? But notice, and by the Spirit of God. He, the Spirit, comes in, poured out abundantly. Now, I understand a person can be filled to overflowing with the Spirit after they're saved. That's a profound thing in itself. But it's interesting what he said, because in the light of what he said, and such were some of you. Now, let's go back and read verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous... Now, now you have to know this section, or this, these scriptures will throw you off, and they'll get you going, uh-oh. But notice he said, do you not know that the unrighteous... Now remember, in verse 11, he said, you were justified, which means declared righteous. And we read another verse that you were declared righteous or just, justified, clean. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Remember those people over there, he said, you were once deceived, but we're not anymore. Neither fornicators or people having sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters. And and that doesn't necessarily mean worshiping an idol, but having something in your life that becomes an idol to you. It's bigger than God for you. And you bow your life to it and serve something. And he said, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. And somebody might say, isn't that redundant? No, because the actual meaning there is is a little bit different. There is a distinction. Some people live the lifestyle, they just submit and do it. And others, uh, you know, are doing it out of their their own drive. And, And so he says, nor thieves, nor covetous, we already saw the word envy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So he calls these unrighteous people and he starts saying, uh, you know, these different areas where they act in will hold them out. But isn't it wild? He said, and such were some of you, but you were washed. But you might go, um like the other verse, but I've practiced that. Well, you have to look at the whole thing. He wrote to the Corinthian church, and in the 11th chapter, they came to church, and instead of taking communion, like we do with a little bit of grape juice, and, or which is called the fruit of the vine, they would bring wine, but they didn't bring a little bit of wine. They got drunk in church. That would be a service. They got wasted in church. There, Right before this, there was somebody committing fornication or adultery and different things like that, and it was happening in the church. But he wrote to the whole church and he said, Some of you were this, but you're not anymore, because there's been a profound change in you. We're different. You know, you ever had somebody do that to you? You're different. And some people don't like that. You're different. If you really want to get somebody at work, just go, when they're trying to talk intense, go, you're, you're acting different today. Don't do that. We'll be reading about a different testimony. Anyway, but literally... We need to realize we are totally different. And though people do stumble and people do live in some of those things, we've been washed. We've been changed. He said, You're not this way anymore. And some of them were clearly living that way. Why? Why would he say this? Because he knew that they had been recreated. Turn to Ephesians, the second chapter. And we're going to go through this uh, quickly here. But I believe you're going to see some interesting things that will bring light to you. You, if you are saved, you are different. And you are exactly what he said. You are declared right. You are washed. You are clean. You are his. Period. Why did he do that for that girl who had just had an abortion? Was he for the abortion? No. But he was for her. I said he was for her. And if he is for her, he's for you. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, and it's talking, well, I might as well read verse 8 down. For by grace, same terms as we've read before, you have been. Not you're going to be saved through faith. It's writing to these believers. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works or your works, lest anyone should boast. Or say, well, I did this for me. Look at this. This is because of me. No. He said, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus For good works. You were recreated in God. Inwardly. For good works. When God looks at you. He looks at you like you were once one of those. And were living like this. And were doing this. But you were created. For good works. Period. He looks at you like that. Inwardly no matter if your mind's been tainted or whatever and you're thinking a different way and even acting a different way, when you get saved, He looks at you totally different. We ought to look at ourselves totally different. He said we were recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. We were made so new that we have a new nature that is totally different than the world. To good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, there was God prepared good works for us to walk in, but you got to be recreated to walk in them. And once you receive Jesus, you're recreated to walk in them. We are radically different people. Saved people are. All of them. Even the one you go, well, they, they, they're hateful. Oh, they're, they're envious. They're, they're that. But God looks at them and said, they were once that. Are you with me? They once were that. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3, and we're going to start looking at some things that, that, will, that I believe will interest you. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3. He's writing to this church who he has now we know later on said to them uh, that you once were envious, you once were bitter, you once were a drunk and once living immoral. He said, but you have been changed by God. But look at this, he's going to say, You're doing it though. But he said you're changed. Look at verse 3. For you are still carnal. Which means living according to the natural. And he is going to use a descriptive word that to me should rattle every believer's cage. For you are still carnal in other words, ruled by natural compulsions. For where there's envy, remember we read there where he said you once were envious, but not anymore. But he said here you're still acting envious in envy, in strife. Remember he talked about hating and hatefulness and Talking about others. And he said, don't do this anymore. Because you once were that. That's the reason you don't do it anymore. Because that's not you anymore. But notice this. And divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Oh my. You know, you can read something and read something and read something. And it can just go right over your head. But he said... To do this, he said, You are acting like a mere man, a mere person. If you do these things, you're acting just like a mere mortal. He's making this statement. Based on the fact that they're not just mere men. He's saying this to Christians. You are just not mere men. You are not just mere mortals. You are not just a normal human being any longer. He was writing this to people who were doing this. And he said, you are not that anymore. You are not a mere human being You may see this activity in the world, but you are not a mere human being. You're just acting like one. He said, but you're not one. You are not one in God's eyes. His work is so profound. He looks at you so different. And not only does he look at you different, you are different. And therefore, he will not lie to you and say, well, you're just like everybody else. You're just a mere human being. You're just a mere man. No, you are not just a mere... If you have given your life to the Lord, you are not just a mere human being. Now, others may look down on you. A rich owner of a company may look down on his employee and treat them like dirt and everything and act like you are a mere human being. But even if you're treated like a mere human being, you are not a mere human being. Are you with me? No matter who treats you anyway, if they treat you not like you're a child of God, that's a huge term, and it's thrown around like nothing. You're a child of God. No, not everybody is a child of God. Some are mere men, and some people who have great riches are just mere men. Because they have not received Christ. Once you receive Christ, there is such a dramatic work that happens in you. You are not just a mere human being. And even here when he said in verse 3, for you are still carnal. Where, Where there's envy and strife. In other words, you're not gentle. And there's divisions among you. These outbursts of wrath. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men or just normal men? Describing the fact you're not that even if you're acting it. Isn't that wild? Well then if I'm not that and I'm acting it, you know, then what am I? Who am I? Who are you? You know, we've got Songs out there, you know, secular songs, you know, tell me who are you, you know, and it was like, yeah, who are you? No Christian should be thinking, maybe you should get rid of that song from your playlist. Because we need to know who we are. And they are maybe lost and confused, but a believer should know they're not a mere human being. turn to first john 3 that statement right there a mere man is huge if i if if there if that title is given a mere man it's given by god And he calls humans who don't know him just mere men. Does he want them to remain mere men? No, not at all. But he relies on us to tell them and to reach them and to bring them so that they don't have to remain a mere man and remain in that state that will cost them for eternity. And it's interesting here uh, what he says in this verse. Uh, 1 John 3, 1. Behold... What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called mere men. I'm just like everybody else. You're you're just like everybody else. We're just like everybody else. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us That we should be called mere men. No. That was not a complimentary term. He said behold what manner of man. We really are. Behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us. That we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us. Or literally understand us. Because it did not know Jesus or understand Jesus properly. Every believer needs to know they're not normal. Some people say, well, I know that about some believers. No, I mean in the sense of. There is such a difference. You are not a normal, mere man. You are called a child of God. And the only reason you're called a child of God is because you are born of God. Turn to Colossians. I think we'll close right here. Colossians, the first chapter. Everybody alive and well? Those that are saved, you non-normal people. But I mean, think about the class that he puts you in. He he calls you a son of God. That's not just a title. You are his child. You are different. Notice this, Colossians 1, 19. We'll read these two verses here. It says, for it pleased the Father. I think I have the wrong verse. Um, I do have the wrong verse. That would be probably the reason. Uh, But anyway, the verse I was going to read, and maybe it's in there, but talks about how the world is alienated. Actually, I know where those verses are. Um, Alienated, 21. Oh, so I did have the right one. We'll start reading in 19. I was under pressure right there. Thank you for those who read ahead, which I don't appreciate normally. (laughs) That's about the only time you're going to get a thanks on that one. 19, for it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether thrones or things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. In other words, we were once alienated. We were once common men and women. He said, yet now he has reconciled us or brought us back. In the body of his flesh, or in other words, through his own sacrifice, through death, to present you holy. How are you presented holy to him? By his work. And blameless and above reproach in his sight. And it's interesting, he said, if you continue in the faith... Grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the expectation of the gospel. He basically said the way you stay in this is through trust. We are different. If he said we were once alienated, that means people who are still not saved are alienated. That makes them completely different. That means that they are desperately in need of help. But then it tells us, man, we have such a standing with God. You have such a standing with God if you know Him. I would encourage you to start thinking different about yourself. People who think different, their life gets transformed. Even though they were made new, and I'm talking about believers... If you would start concentrating on this kind of stuff instead of trying to make a big change in your life and start thinking I am exactly what God said I am, change would start coming by itself, so to speak.